confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. The Nation Network presents Coming In Hot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the uh, great show we like to call it, Coming In Hot. I'm Brent Wallace alongside Jason York. Uh, the State of the Union, basically, Yorkie, we need to get to, I would say, today. As always, this show brought to you by Renfrew Pro Tape. Go to RenfrewPro.com. Also, check all the major retailers. Uh, they are the official suppliers of the HDA tape, along with others. They're the ones with the green core. Uh, they will hold this show together all afternoon long. Uh, Yorkie, how are you, my friend? Fantastic. Feel pretty good. I, I stayed up late for the game in San Jose. I couldn't stop watching Eric Carlson. I thought I was watching Carlson back from the prime Carlson days. He, he was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I know that's not what Senators fans want to hear. We could talk about the game later, but that's my first time watching a complete Carlson game. Man, oh man, it, it Probably the only positive thing from that game. Well, Stutzlow was pretty good, too. I was amazed with Eric Carlson, uh, Wally. Man, he was uh, – I saw the points. I saw the numbers. But I just can't believe how well he's moving out there. Good for him. Nice to see him uh, having a good, productive season. Are you just trying to put gasoline on the fire at, like, three seconds into the hey, show? Hey, listen. Here? There are uh, there, there's an angry mob building at auto right now. There's pitchforks. The people are coming. They're coming, and you can't stop them. They want a head on a platter, and this is this is what happens. It, it gets to this point, and wow! And could you have a worse opponent coming up in in Vegas <laughs> when you absolutely have to have a win? So, hey, I get it. I get it. The pe- people people drank the Kool Aid this summer. They drank the Kool Aid. They thought it was going to be different. It's not. 
And anytime you tell people something, you tell them it's, the rebuild's over, you tell them we're going to play meaningful games, and it turns into this, which is you couldn't have imagined it be, being any worse as far as, it was 31st, 31st to the end of the league, Wally. So that's why people yeah. are angry. Angry Pe- People drank it. They expected better. And now people are a little upset because the Kool-Aid was, it was stale. It wasn't good Kool-Aid. So one of the issues is when you get to this point, as we wait for Elliot Friedman to join us, we also encourage you to jump into the chat on YouTube uh, and let us know your thoughts. You got questions for Yorkie. We'll sort it out is uh, fan apathy. And so at least right now you have a passionate fan base that's angry and they want results. They want better. So they're demanding change, which is better than them just going, okay, well, it's another year. We'll wait for you guys to get better. So I do say at least we haven't gotten to the apathy part. But yes, there's got to be something. There's got to be a some throw the fans a bone. Something. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, I, I'm out around town. I'm out with beers for my buddy. And, and that's all people are talking about. So I agree. People care. They're passionate. And that's what people always said that Ottawa, they don't care about sports. It's not a hockey town. It's people, but they do care. People just, it's been a long time. It's been six years now. And, and uh, six years of losing. And th- th- this isn't what this franchise uh, is all about. You, you look at the future and how many how many years this team used to make the playoffs in a row. You go back to the glory years of 2007. Losing sucks. And uh, the fan base is, is, is letting their feelings be known right now. And I don't blame them. It, it's, uh, it's a results-oriented business. You got to win. And, and right now... Uh, this team isn't winning, so um, I don't blame the people for being angry because this isn't this isn't what the expectations were. But there's, well, there's a lot of different reasons for it, and um, we've talked about it at length the last couple of shows here. And hey, I'm not going to excuse DJ Smith, but that's the easiest thing to do. Blame it all on the coach. Easiest thing to do, and that's usually what happens. If this keeps happening and and they keep losing. You can't replace all the players. So eventually, I do think a move will be made if this continues, if, if the road trip, because um, at first I didn't because of the sale of the team, but you, you can't go on like this. It's um, it's something's got to give, and uh, we'll see what happens on the remainder of this road trip. But, man, I haven't seen the, 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 the fan base this, this angry in a while. It, it's been a while, but enough like and i get it enough is enough i just don't know where and i think we've brought this up in the past it's either the guy or the i guess management that built the team or it's the mm-hmm. uh guys who are coaching the team it's one or the other right or maybe it's both yeah. but i don't see them making both changes at the moment so they've got to sort yeah. out something calling up lassie thompson and sending down jacob larson doesn't move any dial. <laughs> no. There's scratching, and we'll get to the lineup changes and scratching Matthew Joseph and Mark Kasselik doesn't change anything. Yeah. There needs to be some kind of fundamental movement. Well, but I just you, hope the fans can hang on long enough. Yeah, I'll tell you something because everybody says, "Why are they dumping the puck in? Why are they not making plays? Why are it's a system thing? It's a structure thing." I'll tell you again. The way you win in the NHL is down the middle with your back end. And let's be honest, too. The goaltending hasn't been up to snuff for the Senators the last little while here. They haven't been good enough. Timely saves. 
versus the other the other team making big saves. If you want to play possession hockey in the NHL, how do you think you possess the puck? It comes out of your own zone with a group of defensemen that can use the middle of the ice. You get the puck to the middle to your center iceman, and then you got to attack the middle, and then you got to make you got to make a pass. That is really tough to play possession hockey if the weakest parts of your team are your defense and your center ice. And thus, there beholds the problem with the Ottawa centers, in my opinion. They're too heavy on the wings with, with where they built this team to date. And things, is, things are going to change. The Ottawa centers aren't going to remain for young, uh, forever young down the middle. Like, the future is bright. My thing is... I didn't like the messaging in the summer because I kept scratching my head. I'm like, okay, Debrinket's a winger, Giroux's a winger. They haven't addressed the back end. I'm like, who's going to play center? Who's going to play center? Yeah, Josh Norris is a really good center iceman. But even Josh, what does he have, 130 games played in the National Hockey League right now? And then you go down to Stutzla, who's just learning the position. And then you go to Pinto, who's a rookie. So I just, I didn't see it, Wally. And, and listen, I'm not going to, I didn't see this coming. I thought the team would be competing, but that's where the injuries came into play. At the, and where did the injuries happen? Two defensemen and your best center iceman. So when you when you get injuries in those positions where you're already pretty weak at, as far as not saying skill wise, at least at center, but at defense, that just compounds the problem and magnifies what was already a weakness of inexperience and on the back end of just not being good enough. So that's what happens. And also to the coaching staff, I'll say this about DJ Smith, probably his biggest error in my eyes was being too loyal to Nikita Zaitsev. That, that, that boat should have sailed a long time ago, uh, playing Zaitsev as right. long as he so, did. And that's just a thing of being too loyal. And that I, I'm not going to, that should have been dealt with long ago. All right. So we'll, we'll deal with it after. Cause right now I don't want to keep, uh, we'll, we'll call yeah, we our very own Starboy waiting anymore. Uh, Elliot oh, Freeman he's is a big time. By, of course. Uh, if you don't know him by some slight imagination, he hosts uh, 32 Thoughts Jeez. Podcast. He's on a show called Sportsnet and does a lot of stuff we see occasionally. Uh, and he obviously just rolled out of bed. Elliot, uh, nice to see you. <laughs> nice to see you guys too. You hear me okay? Yeah. Hey, yeah, Elliot, you sound great. You, uh, you look terrible, but you sound you, great. Hey, you, you know doing what? this for me? That. Are you doing this for me? Because I like to send you messages when I know you do it on purpose. You like to be that crazy, mad scientist on television. Is this for me that you're doing doing this, or is just just uh... no? To, to be honest, I've I've kind of the feeling, Jason, that if I'm not actually on air, people are going to have to deal with this. You know, that's kind of my rule now. But, you know, so it's kind of the way it goes. The other thing I would say is. Like the viewers and the fans, they seem to like it. The 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 worse I look when I come on, the more they seem to enjoy it. So, you know, as you know, we always do this for the enjoyment of the watch. Because if we didn't have an audience, we wouldn't be employed. So if they get a kick out of it and they love it. I, I I love to do it. See, and I went and got a haircut to make sure I looked okay <laughs> for you to be on. You're back. You're lean like look at that like it's it's it's, it's too perfect brand but then again i've always said perfect <laughs> uh elliot we're gonna try and fix your audio for one sec uh while that uh we're just gonna ask you to reconnect while that transpires uh yorkie um i, th I thought that was me Wally. Elliot, uh, 
with, with the, no uh, for with a change we get to blame Whoa. someone else yeah okay yeah, so uh, that's what happens in the magic of we call it live tv but anytime you go live you never know what's going to happen technically how are we? uh so there oh there you sound you sound perfect okay um, perfect. so Ali, i don't want to keep you i know you're busy but can we get no to worries, uh the, the i want to get to the sale because uh, you've been all over this. Uh, it seems like you've covered more Ottawa Senators news than any other team. They are fun off the ice, that is for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. What can you update us with? Are you listening to all the weekend albums to see if there's any messaging in there? So this is what I, I would tell you. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I heard that Ryan Reynolds is still taking meetings with groups. Um, I think, I, I believe there were at least two scheduled for this week and probably more and i like this is very real like at the beginning i think everybody kind of laughed and said okay this is a fun story and now i think the nhl has kind of recognized that this would be a very good story for the league and they've kind of there's been contact between him and the league and uh, i i think there's a question that's going to be is is like one of the things i think everybody's trying to figure out here is is he going to join a particular group or is he going to, um, is the league going to say, okay, whoever gets the Ottawa Senators, we'd like you to have Ryan Reynolds as part of the group. I think that's all being sorted through right now. The The other thing, too, is that now the weekend. So this one dropped on my lap. <laughs> that's pretty good. On, on, on Friday. And I spent, uh, you know, two days trying to track it down and still am, to be perfectly honest. And... My initial reaction was, why would the weekend have any interest in the Ottawa Senators? He's a Scarborough guy, and he's very proudly Toronto, and Scarborough specifically. Well, it, it turns out that uh, two of his managers are uh, have Ottawa connections. One, I guess, one was born in Lebanon and moved eventually to Ottawa. Another was born in Iran and moved to Ottawa, and. Um, now, I don't think he reached out. I had heard that somebody had reached out to those rep- uh, representatives to see what his interest would be knowing all the Ottawa connections around him. And the other thing I, I was told by one of my producers, Amal, is that I guess one of his best friends is, is Belly. And Belly is a big Senators fan and has done things with right. the Senators before. So I don't yes. know if this is going to end up happening, Brent, but I do think people have reached out to either him or some of the people who are around them who are very, very connected in the music industry and have said, would you be interested in being a part of this? And, you know, the fact is, I still haven't gotten an answer yet. So I don't know what the answer is, but I do know he's been contacted or his representatives have been. Well, Elliot, I'll point out, uh, I think it's Chris Stevenson, and I apologize if I got this wrong, tweeted that that group with the weekend uh, it has connections to the Kimmel group out of Toronto, which you know is another group yep. that's trying to possibly purchase the organization. Yes. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was the Kimmel group that had reached out to him, but I don't know that for sure. I don't, uh, so I, I can't say 100% one way or the other, but it makes a lot of sense. Like Brent, like, as you know, a lot of people who would know the answer to this question are completely silent. And you yes. know, the longer they're silent, the more you tend to believe it's true, but you should never declare it 100% until you know for sure. Well, I'm going to throw that out there, and that is Ryan Reynolds seems to be the exception to what Gary Bettman used to allow to happen. 
If you and you, I'll go back to Jim Balsilli. If you remember, yes. if you talked about trying to own a team, he cut mm -hmm. you out immediately. So this is mm -hmm. a little different to me, and maybe it's the social media era or whatnot. But like you, the people that are dead serious are the ones you never hear from. So is there any issue whatsoever? And I know it draws a lot of attention. Is there any issue of having Reynolds talk so openly or be rumored so much about this? No, I, I don't think there is, Brent. I, I don't think there is at all. You know, uh, like the in Seattle, two of the members now of the ownership group of the Kraken are Marshawn Lynch and Mclemore. And I, but I do remember that uh, when, like, I had gotten a tip months before it got announced that they were potentially going in, and nobody would talk about it. And it was exactly basically what you said. But you know, the world—if you even think about it—it's been a how much the world has changed, even in a year or two. You know, everything just gets thrown out there now, and you just have to deal with it. You don't control what, like. The moment that Ryan Reynolds goes on Fallon and says that, you have no control over it. And your choice is to embrace it or not embrace it. And I think wisely in this case, the NHL has recognized the smart move is to embrace it. If you have these kinds of people coming out and saying they want to be part of your club, your club looks cool. And there's nothing wrong with that. Well, well, Elliot, the, the NHL has always taken a backseat uh Worldwide, if you look at the NFL, baseball, uh, obviously soccer. So anytime you get these guys on uh, Jimmy Fallon, and I never thought I'd hear this, two words together uh, with the Ottawa Senators. I don't know if you've ever been to Vanier, but he mentioned Vanier, which is, <laughs> I've been there a few times. I'm not gonna, it's part of Ottawa and Ryan Reynolds. So to <laughs> me, that's good. That's good for the brand. And, I, and for Gary. What's Michael, wrong with that? Yeah. It's great. It's great. Mm -hmm. It's. I think. I think it's a win-win. And look, like if if he does, if he's there more and he's around more, um, I mean, what's the L? I I don't see the the L. I I really don't. Now, do I think that Batman would allow him to be the number one decision maker of the organization? No, I I don't believe that. Like like I'll tell you a story. A few years ago, there was. Um, I believe it was it was Vince Vaughn, if I remember correctly. He was a he was a big Blackhawk fan, and he was at the Stanley Cup final. I don't know which one it was. I don't remember if it was one, two, or three that Chicago was in. And I remember at the time they asked him to do some interviews, and he said, "Look, do me a favor, um, get me a box, and I'll do everything you need me to do." And they didn't do it. And uh, to me, that was like a loss. You've got to. You know, you have to embrace this kind of thing. That's that's like it, all the leagues make these trade-offs. They say, you know what? We want this person involved. We have to make it worthwhile for them to be involved. Now, I, I and that to me is the kind of thing you should be doing. Now, with Ryan Reynolds and ownership, I don't think, or The weekend or anybody else, that's not a freebie. If you want to come in and actually have a piece of the pie, you have to come in with real money. And I don't think that that would be any different in this case. I, I understand that. But still, the positive publicity out of it overwhelms any bad things, I think. Do you get a sense anybody's the front runner? There's the Andlauer group in Hamilton. There's Rocco Tulio in Oshawa. The Kimmel group, as I mentioned. Uh, apparently, the Demare group. Is there anybody that you're sensing might have an inside lead? I, I think... The, the, the two things I always think about is who does the NHL know? And uh, 
The NHL knows the Kimmels. They had a minority share of the Pittsburgh Penguins. They cashed out when the Penguins were sold to Fenway Group. And I've been told the NHL really likes the Kimmel family. Michael Andlauer, as you know, is a, is a, is a minority partner in the Montreal Canadiens. The NHL likes Michael Landlauer a lot. I, um, I, I've done a bit of research into the, the, the group, uh, Sal Galicioto, that the, uh, uh, and I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing his name properly, that the NHL has brought in to do this. He is, like I asked a few people who know him, and they said he is a hilarious individual. And the one thing that he is great at is he is great at creating auctions. And I think there's going to be people involved here that we haven't heard yet, at least to take a look at the books. And I, I think we're going to know around the middle of January who the front runner is. But I, I think this, this is going to be an auction. And if you're a hundred million shy of the top price or you're uh, way shy of the top price, who the NHL knows is not going to help you. But I think if it's close, if it's close and there's a couple groups that are close, I always think that the groups the NHL knows, and that includes the likes of Ann Lauer and Kimmel, I always think that's an advantage. No, fair enough. Uh, so let me put it to you, and I don't know if you know anything about this, but there's lots of venom right now uh, with how this team is performing on the yeah, ice. I was, I was listening to you guys believe. off the top. Yeah. <laughs> we firmly believe that perhaps the sale is holding up any kind of change uh, off the ice. Do you believe that, or do you have any inclination that that might be possible? The only thing I, I have heard about that, Brent, is that, look, if they wanted to make a change, I think this is what someone told me. There's a difference between adding on contracts before the team is for sale and adding on contracts once the team is officially for sale, okay? And also... In a lot of cases, you would strip down something before you sell it. Ottawa on the ice went the exact reverse way in the last year. They gave big contracts to Stutzla. They gave a big contract to Norris. I don't think anybody's even questioning these deals. I think people understand that. I think in a lot of ways that made the team more valuable because there's a good core there together. Once you put the team up for sale, though, I think it becomes harder. It's generally understood in business that once a team is for sale, you do not add long-term commitments to it. Now, right. uh, I, so what I would think is, I don't think it necessarily blocks them from making a change. What I think it could blocking them is from making a long-term commitment. That's the way right. I would look at it. Now, I'll tell you this, the, 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 the two I'm looking at, I still think you guys want to sign Debrinket, and I still think, depending on what happens, you guys want to sign Dube. Zub, excuse me. I, I what I <laughs> wonder about is is if uh, that's not an indication to anything I was doing before I came on the show. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I would wonder if that would all kind of be able to happen now. But generally, my experience, and I talked about this with someone last week, is. You do not add long-term commitment during a sale process. So I would think if there would be a change, it would be internal. Elliot, so uh, do I you, think the same thing. You, yeah, yeah. Well, I heard this summer from 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 mm -hmm. a lot of people that those moves were made because, well, let's be honest, th this this uh, this city, this fan base has been pretty distraught for a long time. That's the biggest mm -hmm. buzz we've had here in That's the biggest buzz we've had here in Ottawa a long time, and people mm -hmm. were happy. 
but now we're at a point, and, and I, when, I, when they made those signings, I was still scratching my head because I'm a big believer in center race position, defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, did you believe after those moves were made that, that Ottawa, I, I didn't, nobody saw this coming, but did you think they were a playoff team after those moves were made? You know, I, I was listening to um, I was listening to what you were saying before my, while we were trying to figure out my audio, Jason, and I think you hit on the key thing, and that is that if the, anything they were guilty of overselling in terms of, you know, here we are, we've got all these guys signed, and we're going to be much better this year, and the rebuild is over. And, and I understand what happened here. I, I think that uh, you know, I've been talking about this recently, and you know, what happens is you, you, there's such a new, better feeling around the team in the summer. Stutzley extends, Norris extends. Um, you're, you you think you've got your core in place. You're really excited, and you know, I don't like almost anything about Rudy Giuliani, but in his book, he has a line about set the bar low so you can jump over. So it's easier to jump over, right? And Ottawa was so excited as an organization that they set a high bar. And put it this way, I really thought, Jason, that a victory this year would be you guys were playing meaningful games in March. I really, I didn't think you guys were going to make the playoffs, but I thought you'd be better. And, you know, like, I was looking at the last week, the goal differential. I've been talking a lot about this lately. You guys have the goal differential up until the last two games of a 500 team. You just have been losing some games you should have won. And now when you have the result against New Jersey and you have the result against uh, San Jose and everybody was so excited before the year, you have the reaction that everybody's having. And I don't blame the fans, not one bit. Fans are fans. This is how, without their passion, we're doomed. But I do think that if the Sanders could go back, Jason, they would have tried not to set the bar as high as they did. Yeah, interesting. I disagree. Interesting too, just do you, hold on. What one one thing Elliot said there too? Interesting too. You would you would uh, you would pay to break it the nine million to keep him and make him the uh, well, basically he'd have to be the key piece here, right? Uh, I would con- I would consider it. I mean. Yeah. You know, like he's 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 still in his prime. I mean, I know he's not off to the start that everybody wanted, but I mean, put it this way: I always, if you let him walk, like Jason, I'm I'm a my thinking is if you have a great player and you think a guy is a great player, now if you don't think he's that good, Jason, and you want to let him walk. That's fine. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. My point is, when you have somebody of that talent, do you let them walk? No, no, no. Absolutely, absolutely not. No, he's, he's now you could trade them. You could trade them. Yeah. You could. Yeah. But but my but my argument is like, I don't know. Like I, I have him. Like I'm looking at that list there. The, like like Giroux is the only player that like of the skaters I'm talking about here. Like I think Kachuk, he's still going to be a great player. He's going to be a great player. I think Stutzla, he's going to be a much better player and a really good player. Batherson, I still think he's growing. Debrinket's still growing. Uh, Pinto's still growing. Like I see five guys there 
that you should be winning with in three or four years. You know, the other thing too is, I always think about this. How do you think Debrinket, do you think Debrinket has come to terms yet with the trade? Like I'm watching <laughs> Huberto. I think it took Huberto. He goes from a relaxed situation in Florida to a really intense one with the NHL's most super intense coach in Calgary. The scrutiny is different. His entire his entire life is different. And he's stunned by the trade, right? He never sees it coming until the phone call comes. I don't think he even felt remotely comfortable until he went to Florida last weekend. Like sometimes I think it takes these guys time. Oh, for sure, for sure. I just, I, I just don't know where he, I just don't know where he fits long term with this team because you have your guys, and I always go back to the power play, and and I know with with with, with Ottawa, Elliot, it's it's not the number one team you follow. Um, mm-hmm. You got to follow thirty, you got to follow thirty two. But I look, I look at their power play. We've talked about this a lot. You got Norris, you got Batherson, you got Kachuk, and you got Stutzla. And you have Shabbat on your point. That, that's a very good power play. Now all of a sudden mm-hmm. you got to figure out where does Debrinket fit, and mm-hmm. that's what I always come back. That's what I always come back to with him. And I, I to me, you have a forty goal scorer. The only way he's going to continue to be a forty goal scorer if he is if he's taken a minute and thirty of every single power play. And to mm-hmm. me, so, something has to give in that situation. I, that's what I thought from the beginning when they brought him in. Because I really think they should have used the money elsewhere and, and brought in defensemen. You know, we all talk. It's tough to get a defenseman. It's not always available. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. A lot of different reasons. But that's that's my thing on Debrinket. I just I don't see a fit with the current structure of this team to have to really highlight what this guy does and not score goals. Um, so we'll see. I I totally agree with you. Great player um, would be very attractive, but. To me, it was more a move to sell tickets, get the fan base excited, and it did that. It did that, um, but I just I don't see the fit long term. But that's hey, that's just me. That's but you know what? That's fair. Like I, I like I don't think there's anything wrong with anything you're saying there. Like Jason, for me, it's like I think if you're a great player, I don't care if Alex DeBrincat scores forty goals. I just want to see him making an impact. And yeah. like, if the power play is not set up for him, but he's a five, like, I understand that he's probably looking at it like, I want to score on the power play. I want to get 50, 40 goals. But if you're making an impact at five and five and you're finding other ways, you can sell that, I think. Like, my, my, sure. my whole belief to hockey is you need two things you need great players and you need depth. And the one place I completely agree with you is that it's very hard to find both. And the other thing here, and, and this is one thing I do think has become a big factor for Ottawa, there's a lot of players who don't want to come to Canada. So when you're yes. going out there and you're – that is so that is why, like, Jake Sanderson and Jacob Bernard Docker are so important because they're yours. And they're always going to have a bit more loyalty because you drafted them and you developed them. Now, may, who knows? When they become free agents, you never know how they feel in seven years or whatever it is. But the bottom line is they're always going to feel a little bit more loyalty to your team because you brought them there. And like, like that's the thing you have. I all, I think in Canada, sometimes we forget that like, if I was good enough to play, 
I would play in Canada a hundred times out of a hundred high risk, high reward. I like that. But I, I, I look at this and that's, that's one of the problems I think Ottawa has now is you can't often trade for great players because often they'll say no, or I'm not staying there for a long time. Elliot, what are you I'm trying to picture? You just, I had this visual in my head, puck moving mm-hmm. D power forward. Or you're just you're probably more of an agitator. I could see you out there stirring the pot. Maybe a little bit of a uh, maybe a little bit of a Sean Avery. No, I don't. I don't have that quick <laughs> way. I was, you know, when I was a teenager, I'm embarrassed to say, or I was a kid, I was soft as butter. I'm a lot edgier now. So <laughs> I uh, here's my uh, surprised uh, look. Yeah, you know, I I I, I, I would have to say that uh, I don't know, like. I'll tell you this. I, I when I was in university, I played goal because if I could do it over again, I would play goal. I can see you as a goalie. Good guy. Yeah, I did. You know, I did it in beer league. Room. Room. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, but some. You know, I, I have friends who were gonna. Or their team was gonna be thrown out of a league if they couldn't find a goalie. So they say, "We don't care how many of you stop. Just go in and play net." And I, I loved it. <laughs> get, I did. Get in there. Oh, that's awesome. Listen, Elliot, back to your point about you playing in Canada. When you see your paycheck from Canada to like Vegas and the warm sun, I'm thinking you might change your tune a little. Oh. Who do you think I am? Gary Lawless. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wally, w- 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 Wally, my best my best day was when I got traded from Anaheim to Nashville and I saw the twenty percent pay increase I got from the no state tax. <laughs> Believe me, See? that's the thing in the NHL when guys decide where they're going. Oh, I, I believe I, it. I, that's I, what... I totally know it. I totally know it. Anyway, uh, last question before we let you go quickly. Uh, can you sort out the Tyler Myers, Nikita Zaitsev, non-deal, deal, whatever happened? And sure. uh, I think later you said that it wasn't Zaitsev who turned it down. Um, do you think that is possible it may still happen? What all transpired? Well, the one thing is Myers has to say yes to it, right? So that's like I don't think Zaitsev is saying no to many situations right now because it's better. Yeah. Look, like he's fallen out of favor there. He was sent down to Belleville. Um, I think he would just love to go anywhere, anywhere he might have a chance to play. Uh, I'm not convinced that Myers would say yes to it, but I don't think it even got to him. I do think the two teams talked about it, uh, about something like that. And, like, I know Myers gets a lot of grief in Vancouver. I'll tell you this. That guy plays hard, and he cares a lot. And I think he could really, he could help you guys right now. And they yes, both have the same term. Zaitsev has a lot less money. Uh, sorry, a million and a half less money. And, you know, I, I think that Ottawa was looking for a guy they could plug in who they, would, who they would be better than what they have. I think Vancouver was looking for a little bit of cap relief, and he would give it to them. Uh, and, uh, like I said, I think they talked about it, but I, I heard what the issue was, is they couldn't agree, like what else would kind of be in the deal, the sweeteners, like Myers is a bit more money. Myers has a signing bonus in July, like that kind of thing. What, what, what else might or might not have to go in it. And as a result, I think it kind of fell apart. Ah, fair enough. You know what? I would do the deal. Uh, and I know there seems to be an awful lot of, um, upset people in vancouver with tyler myers play as i said yesterday he pl- plays the second most amount of shorthanded minutes he is a battler and he brings an element of size and strength on that blue line 
I'm doing that day I, all day I, long, I guys. I, I agree with Elliot. I agree with Elliot. That's that's a no-brainer, a huge upgrade. Um, Zaitsev's no longer an NHL player. Tyler Myers is an NHL defenseman with, uh, let's face it, what is he, six seven, reach, can defend, kills penalties. Still a pretty good skater, too, guys. Like it's, And you know what, Jason, he cares upgrade. a lot. He cares a lot. Like, you bring a guy into your room who has a lot of passion for – like Zaitsev, you can tell, like he's he's struggling there ment- mentally and physically. Like I just think you you bring a guy in who's just in a better place if he was to agree to 100%. it. But like I said, I'm not 100%. I, I'm not convinced. I, the one thing I do think, I think your GM is 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 out there scouring under every rock to find another defenseman. I don't think there's a lack of effort here at all. Yeah. Uh well, okay. Jacob Chikrin, anything up to the update? You know, like I said, yeah, he he did. And he played a lot last night. I watched a little bit of it. Um, The the one thing is, is that they, they didn't have a match. Like I, like I, and I'd reported and I'd heard Brent that there was just no path to a deal between these two teams. Now, that's my grandmother used to say, you plan God laughs. And maybe the way things have gone now, the last few weeks for Ottawa maybe changes their opinion. But, you know, there were things that Arizona was interested in that Ottawa wasn't willing to do. And I'm not convinced that's going to be any different right now. Like, I do one—I I do know that one thing that you guys have worried about is you make the kind of trade that you regret for years to come because you're in a bad situation. And I do think that that is uppermost on the Sanders' minds right now. Uppermost. I'm going to throw you out a question from a fan before we let you go. Uh, and I sure. don't know if you know the answer, so I apologize. Ryan Heidman uh, wants to know about Nick Jensen, uh, if he would be yep. a fit on Ottawa's blue line. You know, Nick Jensen, I do think, would be available. I, I just don't know the question is when uh, when Washington's going to start doing a lot of this stuff. Like, I do think they kind of hold- A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hope to see if Wilson and Backstrom could get back in and and see how good they were before doing things. The one thing I would say, Ryan, is that Jensen's a rental, and how big a price are you giving up for a rental right now if you're Ottawa? Like, let's just say that let's just say that Jensen's like, are you are you trading for argument's sake, uh, maybe a, a second rounder for a Nick Jensen right now? Like, if it's a later pick, I could see it, but a short term, like a higher pick. What do you? I mean, what do you guys think? I wouldn't do that for a rental if I was if I was I, Ottawa I, right now. I, it's funny you brought his name up, Wally. I, I like him a lot as a player. Yeah, I like him as I a think player he's, too. Yeah, he's just an NHL defenseman. Moves pucks. He's a he's a good player. But where's Ottawa going right now? To me, the damage has already been done. The, the damage mm-hmm. has been done. It's tough. It's tough. Where, where do you go from here? You don't want to make a move out of pressure out of out of that. If you bring Jensen is. I don't know what his contract situation is right now, Elliot. I haven't. He's a un- he's an unrestricted yeah. free agent. Yeah, unrestricted so free agent. Is he, you're bringing him in? Is he going to stay here? Probably not. And again, as a player, 
you come to a situation like this and it doesn't get any better, your value can go down in a hurry. And that's a scary, that's a scary situation as a player. Um, so would he help? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I don't know if it's a fit. You know who I wondered about, but I know the second year is probably the killer is Mike Riley. Oh, right. The left shot, left Senator shot. Mike Riley? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Left shot. I really think they need a righty, guys. A, a righty. Yeah, I, I know they need a. I know. I was wondering if he could play the other side. Like, just, I mean, the yeah. second year is tough. I mean, at least he's a guy you know, right? I was, you yeah, know, I was it, thinking, I, I don't know if he can play the off offside, though, the weak side. Yeah, I, I think the Myers deal is in a, it makes a lot of sense, um, and I just I really believe Hammond is playing in a position. Hammond is playing at a position right now, guys. He's not a top four defenseman. A great career, uh, but I look at him when he when he was with the New York Islanders. If you had mm-hmm. Matt Travis Travis Hamannick, hey, yeah, fill your boots. But he's just he's not the same player anymore. He's he's mm-hmm. way better served in the five six role, and that's. That's just part of the little issues that that, that, that that end up being big issues on why this team is losing. Not just because of that, but all those little things add up to, to one big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elliot, we appreciate your time. I know you've got mugs to get selling and uh, T-shirts and stuff, so I don't want to hold I've you got hair to comb. I've got hair to comb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate it, my uh, friend. We'll talk to you soon, all right? Take care. My my pleasure. And Yorkie, man, I love those videos. Keep them coming, man. I mean, those oh, I, I love those videos. Yeah, I, I love the Yorkie vids. I, I really do. And you know what? I'll tell you this, Jason. I think fans love them. I think fans wow. love that it's, stuff. Well, you, I know you sent me the note. I'm just, I'm that restaurant that looks like crap, but but the food and the content, it's, it's not that bad. Like, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, man, as long as I'm looking like this, you're not the third best-looking guy on the panel. You and I are both playing for second <laughs> behind Mr. Perfect up there, but uh, I, I make you look good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good to chat with you guys, eh? Thank you. Cheers, Take man. care, my friend. Uh, there goes Elliot Freeman look from you, uh, eh? Thoughts, of course, the sports net. He's He is a solid, solid individual. Well, you just wake up and like put one of those suits on where the hair and everything all comes together as one. It's like, a, it's get out of the shower and boom, silver fox ready to go. I, no, no, but I'll take it as a compliment. You know, you know who you look a lot alike? You look a lot like my brother, Jonathan. You've heard that, eh? No, you, you know what? I, this is an honest. No. So... When I uh, I worked in Montreal for a year in 1997 before coming to Ottawa, and I remember at the time they used to print media guides, and so all the and you know they'd have all the players' faces, whatever. And they're like, "You look like Wade Redden," and I'm like, "What?" Anyway, right, the next now. year let's, come let's to just, Ottawa. Let's, let's just hold stop. on, hold on, wait, hang on. Come to Ottawa the next year. I uh, was out at. You remember the Vox in Bell's Corners? Yeah, Brad Marsh is still in that uh, place. We had our Halloween party there. Yes. So uh, people, there was two people I remember came up to me and said, are you Wade Redden? And so I got it a couple of times. And so I eventually went to Wade and go, listen, some people think I look like you. I'm not doing anything stupid. So if, anybody, if there's any rumors, I didn't do anything wrong. Anyways, like, don't worry. Just go with it. So I, I've never forgotten that. And I was like, I don't see it. But people thought back in 1998 uh, that I looked like Wade Redden. 
Okay, it's yeah, not the same. He hasn't aged, that. and I have, and he, he looks great. But not the, not the 2022 guy, the 1998 guy. <laughs> I know. Reds, Reds looks like 2000 Wade Red. The guy, we had him on God, two weeks ago. He looks skinnier. He's in shape. I'm, He's got a home gym uh, in the basement. You know why? He's Life got all good. daughters. He's got all daughters. So none of his daughters, well, they are playing hockey. But, man, it's just different. When you, when you have boys and they're all in minor hockey ages you. Well, you know, you got kids in minor oh. hockey. Just puts just puts miles Corky, on you. Last night, uh, my kid played at 9.30 p.m. in the east end of Ottawa, which was a, it's a 30-minute drive. I got home at, like, midnight. I ended yeah. up watching this second. So whatever the middle of, the, I think the second period of the game on, I ended up watching and, and being, but I'm in bed by nine on a most nights. This is, this ages me drastically. Oh, you know what? We, we could go on and do a whole show on this. We've got minor hockey backwards. We got all this ice time during the day. It just sits open. If we could get a redo, I don't want to get all philosophical here on uh, on minor hockey, but hey, the way Hockey Canada is going right now, if we can get a redo and do it through the school system and, and have kids you know, doing hockey during the day at school, well, man, imagine not having to go to imagine not having to go to the rink like you said for nine o'clock, ten o'clock. Kids could actually stay home yeah. and do their homework and have family dinners instead of running around like crazy because that's the time to practice. From 12 noon on. So, that's why you're seeing so many of these schools, yep. these little prep schools come about and these sport etudes in the, in Quebec because they're they're using all that dead ice during the day. And, hey, guess what? Kids actually get better marks because they're not at the rink at night all the time. Sorry, go ahead. Well, and so I have, like, I have a friend who lives in Cobden or on the team. So for him, it's another hour drive home after a game. He's home at 1 a.m. in the morning. Um, that's yeah. the, And so – you got to be there 90 minutes before the game. So you're there at, you're there at eight last left the house. So it's seven 30. So it was like a five and a half hour day uh, just to play. Anyway, to, uh... I'm, I, by the way, just so we're clear, I love my kid playing hockey. I think it's phenomenal. I he yeah. enjoys oh, it. Yeah. I would we, never take just, it away. It's right. just a long, it's a commitment. It's a full-time job. That, um, hey, and I will listen, miss it in probably a... two years when he can drive himself. You will. That's, that is why. The Ottawa Valley kids are generally tougher than the city kids. And I know this from experience. A couple of reasons. You got those long drives, playing on the outdoor rinks. And we also, we also used to say this to kids. If you lose a game and you're a Valley kid, you're in the back of the pickup truck for the way home with an angry dog growling at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So true. Uh, but, uh, oh, by the way, we gotta get, let's get back to this then, shall we? Um, and as right. always, uh, Coming in Hot brought to you by BEI, Bonisher Excavating Inc. Uh, they are the, uh, in landscape stone and aggregate in uh, the Ottawa Valley. Uh, they can also do re redo your driveway, all that stuff. Uh, Bonisher Excavating, always here to help with competitive pricing. Give them a call, 613-432-1120, BonisherExcavating.com. Uh, they are also looking to hire uh, BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Okay, uh, listen, we got some news about the Sens today as they skated in uh, Vegas. Uh also, they play Vegas tomorrow. Ottawa has not won there since their first time in Vegas. They're 1-1-2 uh, one, one overall. Um, so that was March of 2018. Uh, Thomas Shabbat skated today, and it says that you'll uh, see how he feels tomorrow. So he could be back in the lineup, but boy, it 
something tells me he i don't know if he's being rushed it just feels rushed um mark castelic looks like he might be back actually i think gambrell is on that fourth line uh castelic was the extra forward today and matthew joseph back in after being a healthy scratch let's start with matthew joseph being out uh, and I know they're struggling. And so, uh, Yorkie, you're a former player, so this is going to be in your wheelhouse. Is you know, uh, well, you tell me if you're being scratched, there's a chance that there's been lots of conversations beforehand, didn't correct the game or whatever, which is why you're being sat now. I think scratching is the last thing they'd like to do. So, so I'm guilty when I watch games of really focusing on the defenseman because I'm a defenseman and that's what I watch. So when I've been watching Joseph when he's been playing, I've noticed he's been real good on the penalty kill. He's got opportunities. doesn't really have the goals to show for it. But he seems to be working hard. He seems to be doing something out there. Usually when you get into a coach's doghouse, it's for turning pucks over, for making poor decisions with the puck. And here's the thing with the Senators right now. And you're DJ Smith. If you want to grab the attention of your hockey club and make a change, when you just keep shuffling the fourth line in and out, you take Gombrell in, you put Kastelik, um, and, and you move those guys around, that's always to be expected because that's the easiest thing for a coach to do. So I think part of the reason Joseph's the guy that was signed, uh, he's got a pretty decent-sized contract. So you said a guy like Joseph – it's going to get the attention of the hockey club, and then guys are going to say, "Hey, well, if, if I don't if I don't pick up my socks, then that could be me next." Because if you keep doing the fourth line, there's really no threat because that's to be expected. Right. So I don't mind that. I don't mind that move. And if this continues, uh, that's really the only bullet the coach has to to, to use I, ice time and lineup. Uh, so for me. What, We'll, we'll see what happens when I keep saying we'll see. And it seems like this team's kind of in a state of that right now because if they do continue to lose, then the players, you're almost waiting for something to happen. You're like, okay, uh, you even talk about it as a group. Is something going to happen today? Is, is, is Are we going to make a trade? Is one of the coaches going to be let go? And then it just, that's what happens. And the Senators aren't, they're not there yet. But they're they're awfully close, Wally, and then that's a situation where everybody knows it's coming, and it's 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 not good. But they, to me, that's why you scratch a guy like Joseph. That's why they did it, grab the attention of the rest of the team, and you really, as a coach, in today's game, you've got all these guys on big long term contracts. Um, tough to scratch those guys, and and who else do you really? If if you're DJ Smith and you look at that lineup, yeah. who el who else are you scratching? You're not going to scratch to break it. Played pretty well. He's your goal scorer. You're not scratching Brady Kachuk. You're not scratching Timmy Stutzel. He's your number one center. Pintle has been pretty good. You're not scratching Giroux. Um, maybe if ba I, I like Batherson a lot. I know he's, there's been some inconsistencies. Potentially, that's a guy th that you get someone's attention uh, with. But they're not at that you point. Need with, with Drake you, you need, need to win. You need to win, but you but can't take you out need a 30 goal scorer potentially. No, no, I'm not saying, I'm just telling you why Joseph was scratched because when you go by right. process elimination, you get you get to Matthew Joseph. Say, okay, we'll take this guy out of the lineup. And then that's what you do and you move forward and you hope it works. Problem is it didn't work because in San Jose, well, it worked for one period. The, the, the team went out. They, they were man, great. They, they played. They were so good. So good. Full marks to 
to, to San Jose. And uh, I thought their goaltending was excellent in the first period. And Ottawa yeah. just, they've got a real tough, they got a real tough time playing a full 60 minutes of not making those big mistakes. And you go back to the game. Of all people to make a key mistake, Zub turns the puck over at a bad time. And sure enough, that's a goal Talbot would want back, but ends up in the back of your net. And it just always seems to be biting the Ottawa Senators. If the defense aren't playing good, then your goaltenders play good. The defense start playing well, your goaltenders start struggling. And then there's the constant down the middle of that lack of experience, which uh, here's the thing. If you go down and you look at good teams in the NHL right now, Wally, the Boston Bruins, why are they a good team? Look at them down the middle right now. Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, two guys who have a ton of experience in the National Hockey League. Not the only reasons, but if you went through every single roster in the league and you looked at the teams that are successful, you're going to find a lot of things similar with these teams. One constant you'll find is they have strength down the middle because that's how you win in the league. And Ottawa's just not there yet. And I, I don't I don't care how good your structure is. I don't care how good your coach is. If you are weak at the center ice position, it is really tough to win in the NHL. And throw in that the, the Ottawa's defense has been injured and they weren't very good to begin with. It's a recipe for losing hockey. And that's, that is, you can blame all the coach you want. And I'm not saying the coach doesn't share some of the blame here. But those are big reasons why you don't win in the National Hockey League. Huge reasons. Even the possession game, Wally. Yep. I talked about this before. If you want to play possession hockey, if you want to play structured hockey, it comes from your defense and your centers. And the, the, I played wing. I played wing for about two months with the Detroit Red Wings. I was actually on Sergei Fedorov's line. It was so funny, Wally. He goes, I'm sitting I on the bench in Detroit. I did not know this. Yeah, so I'm I'm a defenseman in Detroit. Scotty Bowman, I'm not playing very much. He looks down and goes, York, get up here and play on Fedorov's line. So I'm like, what the fuck? Shit. I'm like, shit and bricks. I'm going to play with Sergey Fedorov. <laughs> Sitting on the bench, Fedorov looks at me, smiles. He's like, Yerky, just go to the net with your stick on the ice. Two shifts later, I could skate pretty good back then. I go to the net. Stick on the ice. Fedorov zips it across. Right in the back of the net. Scored a goal with Sergei Fedorov playing right wing. But my point is, when I was playing on the wing, I felt like I had horse blinders on. Because when you're a winger, you don't see all the ice. You're on your section of the ice. And I know you crisscross in today's NHL. And, and when you come back into the D zone, the, the first guy back plays down low. I get all that. I know all that. Hey, listen, I played the league for a long time. But I'm telling you. The wing position is the least important of all the positions on an NHL team because they have a least they have the least amount of factors on what goes on shift in and shift out in the NHL. Listen, you, you need guys that can score. You need guys that are really good wingers. But maybe it's just me, but you don't build a team around having really or putting all your eggs in one basket on the wing. And, that's really, Wally, when you look at this team right now, where is the predominant strength of the Ottawa Senators? Where is it? Claude Giroux, Debrinkit, Kachuk, Batherson. I'll throw, I'll throw Joseph in there. 
that, that that's where you've put most of your eggs in the basket as far as your forward group goes. And two years from now, when we're sitting down looking at this team, and there's probably won't be the same team, but by two years from now, Pinto will have more experience, Stutzel will have more experience, and they're going to be ready for the role that they're eventually going to be in. Like it's it just structure, defensive play, all that. It takes it takes years. I played with Patrice Bergeron his first year, Wally. He wasn't a good defensive player. It takes time. Like it takes time. So, anyways, that's my uh, that's my Federoff story for you. Well, I I just looked up your very first goal, by the way, um, assisted by Steve Eiserman, Victor Kozlov, and your second goal scored uh, assisted by Nick Lidstrom. That's that's a pretty good group. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, uh, I got stuck in a lockout. Then we came back. Uh, Detroit was predicted to win the Stanley Cup. Bob Probert had moved on. Uh, he had some issues, all well documented. I would worked my way up into Detroit's system to be one of their top prospects. I got traded for Stu Grimson. Detroit then went on to win a couple Stanley Cups. Because back then, you had to have an enforcer. So I, uh, I went to Anaheim, which was awesome. But, but couple of Stanley Cups I might have missed out there in Detroit. I always joke with Aaron Ward. I said, Wardo, you've got two of my rings, bud. Hope you're enjoying them. <laughs> I got. It. I want to bring him on at some point, actually. Um, okay, oh, quickly awesome. before we, we awesome. get out of here. Uh, I did speak with someone who was a, a former executive with the team yesterday, and one of the things they pointed out was Ottawa doesn't have – mentors they don't have a mentor for thomas shabbat they never really have had one for him yeah. uh and they don't have mentors for guys down the middle they do have Derek broussard this year so i guess they have done that a little bit but they don't have josh norris doesn't have anybody tim stutzla those guys for a couple of years here haven't had somebody to really take them under their wing and that's been a huge part of their game not being able to develop because they haven't had someone around so like i would like to see chris phillips getting on the ice or uh, even Chris Neal, for that matter, uh, in bringing in guys who can help them be worse. So right now, the situation with the Ottawa Senators, everyone's on high alert. Coaches are on high alert. GM's on high alert. It's now you get to the point where you're you're, you're nervous because you, coaching in the NHL is a big deal. Being an assistant coach in the NHL is a huge deal. You make lots of money. Those jobs are hard to come by. You tell me you're an assistant coach and you're running the D, you want to see Chris Phillips coming on the ice? Fair enough. I'm just telling Great you point. how it works. That's that that's how it works. That's how the, the NHL coaching fraternity business is dirty, dirty business. Nobody wants threats around. And would it be best for the team? Absolutely. You get Philly out there, even Wade Redden. You have Reds in there as player development, but He's in Kelowna right now. His job predominantly now is to work with prospects, go around, talk to the right. guys they've drafted to. Uh, that's what he does. But I look at you, – you brought it up. So I look at the way – because we'll, we'll, back to DJ. DJ is getting a ton of heat right now. Forget it's your staff as a whole that teaches structure, that is responsible for, for how your team plays. And when, when you look at Ottawa's staff in particular – You've got three. You've got three head coaches. You got Davis Payne. You got DJ Smith, and you've got Jack Capuano. I, I'm with. I, I would love to see someone 
I, and they also have Bob Jones. Bob Jones is the guy that DJ Smith picked. He was the guy that he brought in. Mm-hmm. He kind of inherited Capuano when he inherited Davis Payne. Here's the truth. When DJ Smith got the job, his plan was to bring Bob Booger in as, as his assistant coach and run the D. Look at Detroit right now. What's Detroit doing? Look at what Bob Bugner did in San Jose when Brent Burns had some of his some of his best years. People don't realize that because right. ha- people haven't been behind the scenes. The assistant coaches for NHL teams are so important. Well, look at look look at New Jersey right now. Who'd they bring in this summer? Andrew Burnett. Andrew Burnett is is a guy. Well, he just had success as a, as a head coach, but he's probably a little more suited to being an assistant coach. But he's a guy that players can go talk to because when things are going bad or well, you need a guy you can either you can go bitch at or you can ask for advice and he's going to be there. And hey, I'm not saying they don't have that right now with the Ottawa Senators makeup because I'm not there. But I having a guy like a brunette, having a guy like you said, a Chris Phillips or... Um, even a Sean Donovan and Jesse Winchester, guys that aren't that farly removed from the game that the players can go talk to, it, it helps an awful lot. It, it helps a lot. So that's uh, – I had this this question posed at me. Well, how did Jacques Martin do so well with a team? And they said, how did he turn lemons into lemonade? Somebody asked me that today. And I said, hold on a second. Are you calling me a lemon? Because <laughs> I played for Jacques for five years. But it wasn't just Jacques Martin that was teaching the system. We had two incredible coaches. One was Perry Pern, and the other was a guy by the name of Craig Ramsey. Craig Ramsey won Selkie Trophy when he was in Buffalo. He was a defensive specialist. He, he just had a way about him to relate with the players. And you could go talk to him. If things were going poorly, you, you could go talk to him. And it was off the record, and it wouldn't get back to the head coach. And... Um, that those are reasons why Jacques was a great coach, but his staff was was excellent as well. So, hey, DJ, he's taking some of the blame here, but you got to remember, coaching it's more than just the head coach; it's your staff as a whole because everyone's part of it. Everyone's yeah. doing stuff. Everyone's got a role, and like you look where they're at right now, you you got to you can't just blame one person. But hey, buck stops with the coach, but. It's just a little bit of behind the scenes what happens, um, but I, I'm with you. I, I I think that could really help the Senators, but it's not gonna happen. It's, especially what's going on right now. Um, the last thing that says coach wants is somebody sniffing around their job. Uh, uh, no, it's a very good point. Uh, let me bring up something. Let's let's end on a entertainment little bit of value, shall we? And that is. Uh, I want to say a couple of days ago, um, you tweeted out about, well, it must have been on Saturday or Sunday, but I think it was after the game, um, about the game against New Jersey. Uh, and Ooh, Alex, yeah. if you have that tweet, uh, we will bring it up. And that was about uh, what New Jersey basically did to, no, not that one, what New Jersey did to Ottawa uh, as a little brother, oh. big brother type scenario. Oh, <laughs> the, uh... So here it is. Uh, Today's sense game felt like your older brother pinning you down and giving you a pink belly with his buddies while you're helpless. Uh, Yes, New Jersey dominated that game. But my point was, (laughs) like, is there a top four uh, things a big brother would do to a little brother of annoyance? 
Uh, so, so I'll tell you what, my, my, uh, my brother, Jeff, uh, by the way, he's been rumored and all kinds of stuff with the Ottawa search. We'll, we'll just leave that alone right now. I have been but trying Jeff to be said, so good about this. I was, I wasn't going <laughs> to, so it's funny you said so that. Jeff, As you so said, Jeff, Jeff York, I was going to be rumored owner, rumored owner. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So Jeff, uh, so, so Jeff sends me a message. Uh, because he used to be the one that administered these uh, f different forms of torture on me as a kid, who, uh, by, by, by the way, I believe helped build character in me, just bullying me and, and administering the pink belly. And for those that don't know what a pink belly is, it's when you hold down somebody, you lift the arms up, and you lift the shirt up, and you just keep swatting the belly, just slapping the belly until the belly turns pink. So other forms of torture, Wally, that, that were predominant in my era i don't know about you but i'd say a close second was the uh was the skinhead where they would grab your hair and basically just pull it back really hard like that until uh well, you felt like your hair was going to come out uh number two number two was the old uh, sorry but i feel like i got hair like elliot right now uh they just grabbed yeah, the knuckles and the old coconut oh. and they just keep hammering and yep. give you the coconut head and then the other one was the pinch in the arm. You know that little spot underneath the arm there? Uh, yeah. That's called the horse. That's called the horse bite. And then uh, you brought this one up to me, Wally. The Charlie horse, where somebody just comes in and they just start kneeing you in the side of your uh, leg to give you a, a, a Charlie yeah. horse. That's a lots of fun, eh? So those would those would be. So, my, you, gotta, you must have one or two to add. Well, you no, know, Yorkie. I'm a lover, not a fighter. So I, this stuff, I, and I, my older brother was nice to me and I have no issues. Um, <laughs> there was the, I, was it called a noogie where they would just rub their knuckles on your head? Oh, the uh, noogie. Yeah. Oh yeah. You just, just the noogie was, you just keep noogie. Yeah. You just keep going in there and, yeah. and just, uh, yeah, so. that's, uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's back in the day too. Don't forget where at the schoolyard, you had that huge pile of snow about 20 feet high and kids would try and get to the top of the mountain during recess and you'd, you would play you'd play king of the hill and basically there would be kids on the hill throwing kids to the bottom kids trying to get to the top of the hill it was it was all at war to get to the top so let's let's just say as you you and i both have kids if those kind of things were going on today you'd probably get suspended from school and maybe never let back yeah, in but we don't condone any that's, of this no, we don't. Like, listen, listen. We're not saying any of this is good. Don't. Uh, but uh, that's, that's <laughs> anyone. Anyone that's anyone that's of our age. You no, know, you guys know what we're talking about. You guys, girls. It's. Uh, I used to have great battles with my sister too. Awesome battles. So she. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the good. The good. The good old All days. Right, well. Let's hope there's a little bit more fight in the senators uh, tomorrow night as they take on Vegas and try to. Oh. I don't know, right this bit of a ship, but this is a tall task to try and fight their way out of with Vegas. So we shall see what's about to transpire. Hey, by the way, you like my hat? I had this, uh, had this custom made. My wife made this for me, Laurel, for my, uh, I think it was for my 50th birthday. I'm a big fan of old fashions. You got nothing? <laughs> I, you know what? I don't, I don't like uh, orange and old fashions with orange, right? You don't like an old fashioned? I don't it's like orange that. in my drink. No, just give it to me straight. You don't. You, you don't have to just give it to you. Straight whiskey. 
an old fashioned, it's just you can use bourbon, whiskey, a little bit of bitters, sugar cube, or a yep. little bit of maple. And then you could put the little orange peel just skimming around the rim of your glass. But uh, nope. didn't, didn't you nope. watch? Uh, didn't you watch? Didn't you watch Mad Men? That's that's where that's where it nope. got popular. At the office back in the when you watch Mad Men on Netflix, they all drank old fashions at work during the day. See, there you go. There's the old fashions. But <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. It looks good. I don't yeah. want fruit in my drink. So oh, you, you don't have to have the fruit, but the other the other little key. Before, I know we got to go here. If you take your cherries and you soak them in bourbon and you put them away in the fridge, oh, perfect, absolutely perfect. <laughs> Listen, no, don't don't put an orange in my beer. Don't put one in my whiskey or you my scotch. Nothing. Do not. Well. My, uh, you, you know, right? You know, Ryan Leslie hosts uh, out in Calgary for Sportsnet. We have a thing going that anytime, and by the way, a, a good old fashioned is all about the glass too. Anytime either of us are enjoying a good old fashioned, we have to send a little pick of the old fashioned. It's just a little thing we do. I don't know why. All right. Uh, fine. We're moving on from here. We'll be back Thursday. Uh, Thank everybody for uh, stopping by to hang out with us for an hour. We appreciate it. Thank you as always to Elliot Friedman uh, and the Coming In Hot Show brought to you by Renfrew Pro Tape and by BEI. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. See you.